everyone. Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. My name is Kelly Newcomb, and I am the founder of Brave Parenting. And we are here to educate and equip you to do the brave, hard work of raising kids of character in this culture that is saturated with media and technology. We know how hard it is to not only keep on top of media and news and all that is changing. So we want to be here to provide that education and equipping for you. It is now 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. We here at Brave Parenting took a little bit of a break there at the end of 2019. The podcast that I have prepared today, I actually was intending to do at the end of 2019, but life happened and it didn't get recorded. But all still relevant information that I think all of you brave parents need. So let's go ahead and jump into some news as well as our app focus of Wattpad. Now, Apple announced its best picks for 2019 apps. Perhaps not surprisingly, the best new app pick was camera related. Spectra Camera is an AI powered app that allows anyone to take stunning long exposure photos. So if you're dying to get a great picture of the moon, this app might be great for you. Now, they also announced what they deemed the best app trend for 2019, and that is storytelling. So we know that stories on social media are really popular. Facebook has stories, Instagram has stories, Snapchat has stories. But storytelling as a whole really is this new trend. Well, it really isn't surprising because we know that storytelling is one of our most effective ways to communicate, relate, and learn. And now that this advancing technology is opening more creative doors for interactive and vibrant expressions of storytelling, no surprise that this storytelling and the storytelling apps are some of their best picks. So they recommended apps like Anchor, which is for podcasting. I don't use it, but you could. Canva and Stellar for story collages and videos that you could use for marketing. And Wattpad for one-of-a-kind novels. And that is our app focus of the day. Now they also announced their pick for best game of 2019. And the winner was a family game called Sky Children of the Light. Essentially, this is an enchanting, beautifully animated kingdom where you arrive as these children of the light to spread hope through this desolate kingdom and return fallen stars back to their constellation. Sounds very fantasy, whether you choose to get that or not. Now, at the time that I had prepared for this podcast, it was actually the number one app in the family category on the App Store. When I checked today, number one was actually Uno the classic card game Uno. So I find it interesting, maybe even ironic, that Uno is a number one app. We don't need that as an app. You can get a deck of Uno cards at any convenience store or you name it for a couple dollars and we can play and spend that time on with one-on-one relationship with our kids or some neighbors or their friends. It is the classic game, right? So my suggestion Don't download the app, just play Uno. Now, next in news, there is an association now between children's brain development and screen time found in preschoolers. Now, this new study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association found this correlation between screen use and children's brain development, especially in the area of language development. Now, here's how this research worked. 
The researchers created a score for each child, and these were children ages three to five, and they used the recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics screen time. Now, if you don't know what those are, they're important, and these scores were basically given zero to 26. So zero equaled an absolute adherence to the American Academy of Pediatrics screen time recommendations, which is no screen use before 18 months, no violent content, no screens in the bedroom and only co-viewing high-quality programming with parents. So that was a zero. Now, a score of 26 was non-adherence to those same guidelines. So essentially, you're allowing the child to have screen time under the age of one, allowing screens in the bedroom, allowing violent content, and not co-viewing this material with the child. So each child was given the score. Now, brain scans were then done on the children and compared to their screen score. Children with higher screen scores had decreased white matter in their brain. So essentially, this means that their brain neurons weren't as stimulated and thus had decreased amount of myelin, which myelin is what makes that area white. Well, myelination increases the efficiency of neuron transport. And when key areas of the brain are fully myelinated, the child is said to reach developmental milestones such as speech and comprehension. So to kind of say that in layman's terms, the higher the amount of screen time, meaning the less adherence to the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations, the less efficient their brain is working. There was decreased neuron transport, which means they're going to hit speech and comprehension milestones later because of potentially that screen time. So after controlling for age, gender, income, researchers found that children with higher screen scores had that decreased amount of myelination, especially in those tracks of language and literacy. Now it's interesting to note some details of the study It reported that 41% of preschool children in the study had screens in their bedrooms, 41%. And 60% of these children had their own personal portable device. So we're talking three to five years old, 60% having their own device. Now, authors in the study were quick to point out that the study isn't pointing to facts that screens are bad or screens are poisonous per se, but rather, it's a matter of readiness. Children simply aren't ready for screens at younger ages, just as they aren't ready to drive a car at age eight. So what you need to know as a brave parent, you know, pay attention to this research because this abundant of screen time that we allow because it's really easy and it's really convenient for us can truly be hindering our children's brain development, especially if you have young, young ones, or if you have grandchildren, make sure that you're passing this along to your children so that they can raise their children to know about this research and to really resist that temptation to give the screen at that younger age. There really aren't any right or wrong answers, but what we do know and what we have is these American Academy of Pediatric Guidelines. So without any other standards, we can follow these. And I implore you to really try and do so as much as you can if you have preschool age and younger children. Now, you can read more about this study 
Um, you can visit the New York Times write-up by Dr. Perry Class in their family section or at the Journal of the American Medical Association at jamanetwork.com. Now, next in the podcast, we are going to go over the app Wattpad. Now, I have a niece who's actually an English, high school English teacher, and she is an avid reader. And I thought for sure, after going through high school and college um, as a Gen Z child and student, that she would know what this Wattpad is, but she actually had no clue. So you may be in the same boat. However, it is a trending app. It is becoming very popular. So it's important for you to know about it. So here's some five facts. Wattpad, where stories live. That's their tagline. Their vision is to entertain and connect the world through stories. Now, Wattpad is a free app that you can download. It has already over 100 million downloads and 45 million readers. So not quite to the level of Instagram, but still quite a bit. Now, it's not social media. It's actually under the category of books and references. And it's currently ranked number four in that category. And some similar ones that are in that category. Number one is actually Audible. Two is Amazon Kindle. And three is the Bible. And then you have Wattpad. However, there is a lot of social aspect to it. Users can connect with other passionate readers and writers. You can comment directly in someone's story as you read it. And you can support writers as they create and share their own original stories. You can read together with friends, share your library, or create reading lists and your friends will always know what you're reading. Even There's really no way to make these lists private. So you can see that there's a lot of social features, which is really the trend in all apps now, is to connect with friends. It's important to know that once you join, your profile can hold lots of private information, such as your location. I mean, and if you sign on with Facebook or Google+, it's an automatic. Um, Your linked sites, such as your Facebook account, your Twitter account, your display name, your username, and your profile picture. So some security issues there. Now, fact number two, writers, get your story discovered. If you have a child who loves to write and wants to share their stories with the public in order to get feedback or to even sort of be known um, to maybe write the next New York Times bestseller, right, that's great. So if you have a story to tell, this is where they want you to do it. Wattpad encourages you to, quote, cultivate your fan base, champion your story, and find your people. They encourage writers to post often, to update regularly, to encourage buzz and anticipation about your, about your story. So that's all great. Again, that social aspect in there does add that different element to it. You're not just writing a story and allowing a few friends. You're sort of inviting everyone to potentially read it. Now, they do have basic tools in there that allow you to save, edit, and publish with ease. And there's also fun features you can add, like dedication, links to book trailer videos. You can upload covers. All of those great features we would come to expect with a storytelling app. Now, some things to recognize if you decide to allow your children to write a story and post it on Wattpad. They do say that you own your own story. And basically, Wattpad is another venue for you to share your voice. You own all the rights to the content that you create and post on Wattpad. So if you post a story on Wattpad and then you decide to publish with someone else, it's not going to hinder you from publishing it with an actual 
outside publisher. And posting on Wattpad, again, doesn't mean that you're losing your first rights. And you can remove your story whenever you want. And FYI, the copy-paste functions are disabled on Wattpad, which would prevent people from stealing or copying your work. So, great features. Now, fact number three is the readers. Because there's some people who would love to write and read, but then there's people who just like to do one or the other. So for the readers, there is something for everyone who loves to read on Wattpad. There's all sorts of categories. There's paid stories, basically stories that you have to pay to read. And then there's everything from adventure, fan fiction, fantasy, historical fiction, horror. There's quite an LGBTQ plus category, new adult, nonfiction, paranormal, poetry, romance, science fiction, short story, teen fiction, urban, werewolf. I mean, the categories are endless. And then, of course, there's what has picks, which are the edit, editor's choices undiscovered stories or ones that have gone from Wattpad to being officially published and are available in bookstores. Now, when you're browsing for a book to read on Wattpad, you can actually view how many reads each story has, how many votes it has, which a vote is like what they call a virtual high five, and it's doled out by anyone who's reading it in the community. And every time a story receives a vote, It's just a way to show appreciation for the story and its writer. So you can see all of that publicly. Now, this may detract some readers, or it could draw them in to read that book because of the amount of votes that it has, which in order to get those votes, right, to get the people to notice it, to want to read it, of course, you got to engage in that social aspect of the app. Now, readers, if you're reading something and you find something inappropriate, you can tag or report violent content. So that would include pornographic content or sexual content under the age of consent, which is 16, or any type of sexual violence, sexual role-playing, really all of that. Um, This is a Canadian company, so it's all under Canadian law, but they do allow you the ability to report that, which I will say that when I have read just a a quick little blurb into some of the different stories, especially ones that are like teen fiction. It is very, very sexually driven. These people are writing either as teenagers or understanding the mind of teenagers and what may attract them and really hook them in. So definitely something to know if you are going to allow your child to read these stories on Wattpad. Now, fact number four is Wattpad Premium. Of course, there's a premium feature to the app because all apps have that now. Now, it is $5.99 a month, or you can do an annual subscription and basically get it for $4.99 a month. You can do a seven-day free trial, but according to some reviews on Common Sense Media and even Google Play, they talked about getting ripped off, that there's not really a free trial. They ended up getting charges as well. And essentially, getting that sort of premium access really just gives you um, a different experience. It gives you access to exclusive, customizable profile colors. Um, You can receive these bonus coins with every purchase of a Wattpad coin package. So just a bunch of extra garbage, really, just want your money. Now, fact number five is the parental controls and ratings. Now, Wattpad does have quite a few pages dedicated to parents. 
I really liked that. I mean, full page descriptions of basically saying, we really understand and want to protect your children. Um, For example, they say, you can help your kids take advantage of basically being involved in Wattpad just as you would and then being involved in sports and activities. They offer tips for keeping kids safe regarding the content, making sure your child enters the right age when they create an account, making sure that um, they're not supposed to access mature content, make sure you state that appropriately. And they also give tips for um, inappropriate content, cyberbullying. So lots of actual great stuff, which I don't always see on a lot of apps. So I think it's at least great that they're being proactive about that type of material and giving parents ways that they can approach their children in conversation before they use this app. Now, Apple iTunes Store rates Wetpad as 17 plus. Google Play rates it T for teen. And Wattpad, of course, gives it a 13 plus rating because they're going to collect data. So it has to be a 13 in order. Now, we at Brave Parenting, when Apple or Google gives a rating of 17 plus, we generally are going to agree with it. Now, we love that the app promotes reading and writing. Those are fantastic skills that a lot of kids are completely disengaging with, is reading books, writing stories, using their talents to spread their voice and and tell stories. But while it's very possible to have a mature 13 to 16 year old who is passionate about the written word um, and is a voracious reader, maybe even a writer, the content on this app is simply not appropriate for innocent readers. Like I said, most teen fiction that we saw really was geared towards sex, homosexuality, and themes of dark fantasy. These are general themes and genres we would recommend young teens to stay away from. So if you have a a real mature and maybe um, not as innocent, maybe they understand life, they see it for what it is, they're already reading a lot of adult books because the other books are below them, this app could be appropriate maybe at age 15, 16, but definitely in the young teen range, I can't imagine um, 12, 13 really being appropriate for this. They should still be reading physical books or maybe even reading books on a Kindle, writing, using their their own you know, pencil, paper, computer, and sharing it amongst friends versus sharing it with the world. So that is our take on the app Wattpad. All right, so that brings us to the end of this episode. I'm really going to try and focus on making these short, sweet, getting straight to the point so that you can walk away, have gained some knowledge, and be ready to apply that to the next week of your life. Now, if you missed anything in the show, if you have an experience with Wattpad, I would love to hear it. You can contact us at podcast at braveparenting.net. And of course, find out more information at our website, braveparenting.net. For an in-depth look at how you can build strong character using the technology that children love, please pick up a copy of our book, Managing Media, Creating Character. It's available online on Amazon. And yes, I know I wrote it and I'm biased, but it really is fantastic for helping you set these broad standards for character. At the end of the day, no one is going to care how many social media followers they had, how popular they were in a game, or how many apps they had, how many hours they logged on a device. Their character is going to be the one thing that is 
that carries them through all of life. So make sure that you're focusing on character. And that's what that book does. And thank you for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time. Please subscribe if you're listening on iTunes, Google, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Share this podcast with any parents that you know that can benefit from just learning about a new app every week, new concepts and character in managing media and technology. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media and every child needs a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next week, go and be brave.